Welcome to the Constructionist Podcast, hosted by Caleb. Just as we grow gardens and build buildings, God is building you through the renewing of your mind. The sufficiency of the scriptures is paramount in your journey, and every week, Caleb will challenge you to make them a central part of your life and worldview. Join us now as we explore the world through the ancient lens of God's Word. Hello friends, welcome back to the podcast and thank you again for joining me on my walk where we are pondering signs of the times, eschatology, things that are taking place before the Lord Jesus comes back. And the Lord Jesus will come back, which is a marvelous truth and reality, but one that really we have to be prepared for and one that we need to really stop and consider how are we living our life what kind of mindset do we have about the future and about the things that are taking place in the world around us right now eschatology one of my pet peeves about eschatology is that for a long time it's always been separated from day-to-day living if you go back and read books or look at articles back when eschatology and the ideas that were about the end times were sort of at their height i guess in sort of the late great planet earth days when that book was published and when the left behind film series came out um and the the ideas were always sort of coming across as intellectual people read the bible then they read the newspaper and then they pontificated on the things that they saw and said this is the fulfillment of this prophecy and here's 88 reasons why the rapture will happen in 1988 i don't know if you remember that book it was kind of silly um (laughs) but this kind of thing has been going on for a long time Lately, it seems like the ideas of eschatology and end times doctrine has kind of died down in the church as a whole. But the fact is, is we're obviously closer now to the coming of the Lord Jesus than we were 30 or 40, 50 years ago, back when people talked about it all the time. So we're revisiting this area of discussion and this area of exploration especially in light of the events that have been taking place over the last two years with covid and now with the uh, invasion of russia into the ukraine which in one of my previous podcasts we talked about that sort of i I wasn't saying it was going to be it is a prelude to the gog and magog invasion i was just using it as a kind of springboard to talk about the gog and magog invasion and what our response to it should be which is one of prayer and of one of seeking the lord in light of current events and things like that Uh, but my last two podcasts if you haven't been watching them i started with matthew early the first verses of matthew 24 and i've kind of been working my way through this chapter talking about signs of the times and what sort of mindset perhaps we should have and just hoping to provoke you to think about the culmination or consummation of all things so we know that there is a beginning there was a beginning in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth there must therefore be an end In the ending, God will wrap up the heavens and the earth, we could say. But God is a God of order, and he's a God of purpose and plan, and he has these things in his own 
mind. And just as Jesus says, he knows the times and the seasons for when things are going to happen. So God is up there watching the humanity and society. One of the things that we need to bear in mind is just as God told Abraham that his descendants, Jacob and his sons and their families would all end up in the land of Egypt for 400 years, it says because the iniquity of the land of Canaan was not yet complete. God recognized and knew that the inhabitants of the land of Canaan were on a trajectory of complete depravity and evil. And so God recognized that he had to pull out the nation of Israel, the people of Israel, so that they can mature to a point where they can come in as a uh, element of righteousness to bring judgment on a people that was also maturing to evil and depravity and wickedness. So both of them had to grow to a certain point of maturity, and I'm emphasizing this idea of maturity. Fast forward now to the Gospels and to the uh, parables of Jesus where he talks about the wheat and the tares, and that there is a wheat that is sown by the Lord, and there are tares that are sown by the enemy. And the workers, when they realize that there's tares in the field, they say, should we uproot them? But they're little babies, little tiny baby plants that are growing. And the master or the, far, the lord of the property says, no, leave them there lest you uproot the wheat also. And so it says, let them both grow to maturity and then we will separate the wheat from the tares. And so this is exactly what we are seeing taking place today in that just as Israel was set aside or, or put into a safe place for its maturing so it can come in uh, to a mature evil so that judgment and justice can take place on the wicked people of the land of Canaan. The same is true today where God is watching and there is a maturing of righteousness taking place amidst God's people if we're actively seeking the Lord and keeping ourselves faithful to the word of God. But there's also a maturing of evil. There's a maturing of sin. There's a maturing of um, this rebellious nature against God that's happening in the world. So let's now look at Matthew 24 and see, pick up where we left off before. We talked about birth pangs, if you remember, from verse 8. So now verse 9 says, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will increase, the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So this idea in verse 9, they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Certainly, the idea of persecution and tribulation and this kind of thing upon God's people is a reality today. 
It doesn't take very long to get on the websites of Voice of the Martyrs or Open Doors or Spirit of Martyrdom or China Aid or any of these groups and see what exactly is taking place around the world in Islamic countries, in communist countries, that there is a clear and present persecution of God's people. Read Richard Wormbrand's um, Torture for Christ. Read, uh, I mean, just any number of uh, Killing Christians by Doyle. There's all sorts of books out there that are documenting, documenting the persecution of God's people around the world. Now, in this country, in America and in Europe, in uh, Western countries, we don't necessarily have this sort of physical persecution, but there is certainly an ideal, ideological persecution that is taking place. Uh, organizations like Answers in Genesis, who are have a very high view of Scripture and are regularly, daily, talking about the validity of the Bible in the realms of science and in morality and things like this, are being attacked by organizations that don't like what they have to say. And so it's it's even taking place here in this country. I know um, Ellerslie Mission Society in Colorado, they have been attacked. Uh, if you listen to the teachings of Eric Ludy, and he's occasionally uh, um, uh, alluded to people trying to bring down their ministry. Um, and he, again, holds to a very high view of Scripture, to, a, to living a faithful life according to the principles of God's Word and things like this. So it happens in this country, but it happens in sort of a different way. But then it says in verse 10 that many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. Now, this is the English Standard Version. The King James and the New King James say that many will be offended so the, the translation of falling away, or many will fall away, isn't necessarily bad when you look up the Greek word there, which is scandaliso, kind of a fun Greek word. I don't know that it, in, that it relates to our English word of scandal <laughs> necessarily, but it's still quite a, a fun word, I guess, a shocking word, I suppose. I am scandalized, or, you know, but the, it's translated as to be offended. They were offended. Many will be offended and will betray one another and hate one another. Now, it seems to me that this word, offended, identifies, you may hear it raining now, it's starting to sprinkle. It illuminates, um, well, there's a deeper understanding to this word. Uh, it does mean to put before a person a stumbling block. So a person is walking along and they trip over something. I'm sure it's happened to you. You know, a, little, a stone is just a rock in the ground is a little bit higher. The floor maybe has a bit of a rise to it and it catches your foot just right and you stumble. So that's what this word kind of means. But metaphorically, it carries with it the idea that you disapprove of what the other person is saying. And because you are offended by it or because you are appalled by what they're saying, you reject them outright and won't listen to what they have to say. You reject their authority on that subject. You throw what they have to say out the window. Okay. So in my, it, it seems to me, like, I mean, you look around the world and, and decide for yourself, but does that not describe the attitude of wokeness? This sort of idea that, um, you don't accept my sexuality and so I'm just going to ignore everything you say. You don't accept my racial background or my gender or my 
positioned as one who feels oppressed about something. So therefore, I am going to cancel you. I am going to get you out of my life, block my ears, completely ignore everything you have to say. And I don't care where you're getting it from. I don't care if it's common sense or the Bible or, or anything like that. You are someone I'm not listening to. So, I mean, think about it for yourself. But to me, that seems to be describing this sort of idea right now that we use the term woke to to describe um political correctness i think used to be the previous word for it liberalism maybe uh there's sort of different but today it's we kind of use the word woke but that sense of taking on an offense and then rejecting the person who is quote offending you because you don't like what they have to say you disapprove of it so jesus says this is going to happen more and more then they will be offended and betray one another and hate one another. So this betrayal takes place. It's terrible to think, but Jesus was betrayed by Judas, one of his own number. What happens when factions of the church take on these woke ideas of hyper-emphasizing uh, their gender, hyper-emphasizing their sexual preference, hyper-emphasizing their racial identity, and they despise people also within the church who are just pointing to the scriptures and saying, that's not what we should be emphasizing, that's not the kind of lifestyle that we should be living. And so they get offended, get rid of them, and then they go start a, um, a pride church or a uh, uh, we accept people from all sexual diversity church or something like that. So you don't have to get online and search very hard to find in the UK and in America openly gay pastors, openly gay vicars in England, people that have had uh, gender transformation surgeries and they're still leading churches here and there, this kind of thing. But they have to now justify their position using the same scriptures that we use and in order to do that, they have to ignore chunks of Scripture. And so they downplay the clear teachings of Paul, which are authoritative Scripture, and they overemphasize and imbalance the teachings of Jesus on love and things like this in order to make themselves feel good about what they believe and what they want to practice. So they ignore Romans 1, and they emphasize something else that makes them feel like they're okay with things. So... It says then that in verse 11 that many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. So bear in mind that the idea of a prophet isn't only tell, you know, forth-telling the future like we see in the major and minor prophets in the Old Testament, but it's also this idea of a proclamation of God's message. There were lots of prophets in the days of Jeremiah and Isaiah and Ezekiel, but God calls them false prophets. And so he doesn't call them, he doesn't not call them prophets. They are prophets, but they're false prophets. They are proclaiming or, or yes, they're proclaiming a message like the prophets would proclaim of God's word, but they're proclaiming it from their own, uh, their own mind or their own heart, it says. So regularly in the prophets, it says, this just sort of came out of your own being. It came from you. This has nothing to do with the spirit of God or the spirit of holiness or the word of God or inspiration from God or anything. It's just you wanting to do this. <laughs> so so they're, they're taking on that kind of prophetic 
stands. And just the other day, my wife was telling me about somebody, and I haven't even looked him up. Maybe you can look him up and see who it is and email me at calebtheelectrician at gmail.com and let me know what you think. But this chap that calls himself the TikTok pastor, and I don't even know his name or anything, but my wife came across him and, and said, oh yeah, he's very much, he's gay and um, very much pr- pushes that whole idea and everything else. And he calls himself the TikTok uh, pastor. So he's taking on the the sort of the mantle of a prophet, but because his position is not in complete and 100% agreement with the scriptures, Jesus would refer to him as a false prophet. Unfortunately, that's the, the place that he's in. So lawlessness in verse 12 will increase and the love of many will grow cold. I want to say that I did a podcast a while back that talks about the love of many growing cold. And I explained this idea that law gives us boundaries and it actually, uh, when we are in the boundaries of law, our love can grow. But because you eradicate lawlessness and everybody does what's right in their own eyes, then love actually grows cold. You actually decrease love when you decrease law. When you increase law to its proper place and you have a respect for a law that actually is uh, constrained by God's plan and purpose for law, then love can be in abundance. And so I deal with that more on another podcast, but it's something that we clearly see happening today. What's true for me may not be true for you. What's right for me may not be right for you. Let's all get along. But in the process of doing that, um, the spirit of tolerance actually leads to intolerance. And those who are screaming, be tolerant for my position, are the ones who are actually cutting down those people who they don't agree with and becoming like, you know, they're just out there to get anybody who disagrees with them, even though they're saying, hey, I'm loving and I love everybody and I want to be tolerant of everyone's position except for yours because you make me feel bad. you know." And then they don't realize that they're doing the same thing back to you. So the one who endures to the end will be saved and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. So the idea here is about endurance. We are not running a sprint. We are running a marathon. So when you give your life to the Lord, it is for the totality of your life, for the duration of your life. That's what it comes down to. It's not something you can like pick up when you feel like it and put down when you feel like it. He who endures to the end will be saved this sort of idea of persevering until all these things take place. And that doesn't mean you're going to lose your salvation. I'm not saying that. But, but an endurance is important. Now, when I lived in South Africa, there was a race that was run there called the Comrades, and it was a double marathon. And they ran it from Durban on the coast of the Indian Ocean up to uh, Peter Maritzburg, which was kind of up in the mountains a little bit. And so it was a double marathon. It was a killer of a race. And it was not uncommon for people to not finish this race. And so you had to have run a couple of marathons already just to qualify to run this race. And when you ran it, there would be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people there to run this race, but only a fraction of them were running it to win. 
So these guys would take off and run like 50 miles in five hours, five and a half hours. And as a matter of fact, one year, the guy who won the race, they flew him to Pretoria to meet the president, Nelson Mandela, before the last guy even crossed the finish line. He was so far ahead of everybody else. But those guys who are running to win the race, they're so into what they're doing that sometimes they will hit what's called a a salt wall. And their body is so depleted of nutrients because they've been working so hard and running so long that they literally stop, collapse, lay there on the ground, recover, get up, run, and then finish in the top five or whatever. Whereas other people, they've got something like 10 or 11 hours, I think, to run this race. And so they're chugging along and all they want to do is finish the race. They don't care what place they're in. They just want their name on the list as someone who's completed the race. And when that rope drops, when the timer is up, when it hits 11 hours or 10 hours or whatever the time limit is, when that rope gets down, if you're five feet away, your name is not even on that list. It's as if you never ran it. And so the, the, they did not endure all the way to the end. They came short. And that's unfortunately what is happening with God's timeline. There is a terminus point. There's a point where things will come to an end. And when that happens, we need to be as believers, the ones who are enduring and persevering and pushing through and teaching and preaching this gospel of the kingdom. It says this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Well, we got Transworld Radio, we've got the internet, we've got Back to Jerusalem that's putting out the gospel cloud all over the Middle East, we've got Wycliffe and other organizations translating the Bible and they're pumping them out in people's first languages at an unprecedented rate in human history. Bibles are being produced and spread, just like it says in the book of Acts that the word of God spread the word of God is spreading so fast nowadays and it's becoming so accessible and the enemy is trying to fight against it. But nations like Iran and China are having unprecedented numbers of people coming to the Lord that it's, we're seeing this actually taking place that the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world and then the end will come. And so the time is getting closer and closer that it would appear like Jesus, you know, is up there kind of like, okay, I'm getting ready to come back now. So I'm not making any predictions about when that's going to happen or anything like that. But uh, boy, it's raining now. I need to get out of here. Um, But that's what is taking place. And that's partially what this podcast is about. So share it with anybody you can, because it is my goal is to demonstrate and to explain the scriptures to you so that you can live a life more faithfully to the Lord and be an encouragement to you so that you can be prepared for these, uh, you know, last days that are coming. So be faithful, read the scriptures slowly, deeply, thoroughly. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with anybody that you think will also benefit from it. Be sure to you know, look at the page of this podcast and sign up for our mailing list and also uh, take advantage of our online course on interpreting the Bible. It's only 25 bucks. I think you'll get a lot out of it. And God bless you and have a great afternoon. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. 
If you were challenged and encouraged by what you heard today, please feel free to share it with any friends or family you like. You're welcome to email us at calebtheelectrician at gmail.com. That's calebtheelectrician at gmail.com. And remember to leave a comment at iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere that you listen to podcasts.